Hello and welcome. You are listening to Lake Daily from Roskilde Festival, where we are on our final and big music day at the festival. Wherever you are, I would like you to take a moment, lean back, stretch, relax your gaze and breathe out. My name is Torbjørn S. Andersen and I'm sitting here with my co-host Louise. Yeah, hi, my name is Louise Espensen and a very warm welcome to everybody who's listening out there. Yeah, and today we have our fourth live broadcast from the festival. We have guests in the studio, we have music interviews, we have mentions and a selected few recommendations of music that we at the lake would like to experience here on the final day of the festival. We are all both uh, really tired and we are also very excited at the same time. We've experienced a huge range of uh, culture and music. We have experiences of performances, mm. art, uh, everything from drone rock to dance to choir, vocal ensemble. Um, it's a huge mix here at the festival and today we are celebrating the diversity and the community around Roskilde Festival. Yeah, so Tobian, if I was not making radio right now, I would be at the Gloria stage because uh, then I would be able to see the Georgian vocal group called Pankisi Ensemble. And they have this special, um, they're keeping this music tradition of kids and ethnic minority in Georgia alive. So um, to all of us who are missing out of, on their concert, let's uh, listen to them. Listen to them now here is Pankisi Ensemble uh, with the track Aseti Game. Aseti Game Ka 
We just heard a vocal piece here by Pankisi Ensemble and now I've got uh, our first two guests in the studio and um, they're from the Roskilde Festival organization and welcome to Niklas Damker and Christine Tetzlaff and um, hi here's Niklas coming in hi Niklas <laughs> um, hi everyone thanks so much for coming today so I'm just going to introduce a little bit of a frame around it from our point of view, Roskilde Festival has always been um, built by a lot of volunteers and a lot of volunteer power and there's a lot of community around it as well. But especially this about the volunteers, today there's a new um, extension to the way that Roskilde Festival books and scouts for the festival. And um, it they changed, the you at the festival have changed how the festival is set up. It's called first days and final days. And you have invited in some volunteer scouts. Um, yes. The, there's always been a lot of volunteers in Roskilde Festival, and as you say, and also in the music group and in the team music. Now we have expanded that quite a lot. Just one year ago, we were five programmers and bookers, three of us hired full year and two volunteers. And now we are 11 in the team, meaning we got one stopped, a few got in, so we got seven new pe- people who began this January, this year. And the idea behind it came from, I guess, two aspects. One being that as the music industry also becomes more and more professionalized, it's more and more needed that we have some, a few, which is me uh, and uh, Thomas, who's just over there, who's head of music and uh, a third person and we are becoming more and more the paper pushers so to say so we are making the deal doing the contracting the negotiations the contacts with the production and it just takes a lot of our time and it takes a lot of time away from what's very important for a festival like Roskilde that wants to have a very broad music profile and that is to have a lot of music scouted or listened to and it has become we realized that it was becoming more and more difficult for us. So that's the uh, one thing. And we also just wanted to have a broader group to have a view at the program and to help programming to also meet that we have a very broad audience, of course. And I can see in uh, the program that you have 
selected it through a little bit of a um, a process where you used uh, also anonymous uh, applications. Is that correct? For the for the scouts, yes. For the, the we then did this application and made it uh, broader. And I'm not even sure how you saw it, Christiane. That would also be nice to know. Actually, I don't think we talked about that. Uh, but we got a, uh, a lot of applications, of course, around uh, 200, and we got a lot of very, very, very good applications, uh, which is, of course, very nice. And it was anonymous, so we didn't know uh, age or gender or name, and we had four quite like simple questions, and I believe we had it was also we expected like quite short answers. So it was like, what kind of music do you like? What kind of music do you want to see at the festival? And like, and I believe, what kind of communities uh, have you been a part of? So, can I ask you for your personal experience? Now you've seen it. You're in the middle of the festival. The festival is rolling. There's a flow. You've seen the first days where I think a lot of the programming also came from the. Yeah, because the thing is, like, we got the scouts in to scout for the mainly for the final days, but we, uh, as such, that's how it is with such processes. We uh, we ended it a bit late, so we got the scout started in January, and we were nearly done with the final days program there. So uh, what was left was the first day program and we hadn't st- even started that yet uh, and then we actually decided that uh, together with the scouts that came in there we asked them if they wanted to but instead of just scouting also actually doing the programming of the first day's program and I think that that kind of came like a surprise we didn't expect that but it just came naturally uh, and I think it was a yeah a very good decision and it's been very very fun to try to work in another way where it's a bit bigger democracy we have more people doing it uh, but I think the result has been extremely good looking at the program. Christiane, maybe it's uh, time to hear some words from you. Sure. So uh, I'd like hello. to... Hello. I'd like to first start off, could you tell me, what do you do as a music scout? Um, <laughs> so we uh, have a couple of different things we do. Uh, we have this um, concert calendar where we can uh, suggest uh, shows that we want to scout and then the bookers will uh, update it tell us if uh, they think it's relevant or not and if they do we'll go to the concert and then we'll write a report back not like when you say report it sounds like many pages it's just like a quick uh, you know notes on how it is and whether we can like recommend it for Roskilde next year or not um, so that's one thing, and, and like Nicholas said, I think the idea was that that was mainly for the final days, um, and then uh, and then yeah, then we this year also helped with the programming of f- the first days uh, lineup, where we had these like sort of monthly meetings where we every time we brought in like ten suggestions, and then uh, we were supposed to listen to them beforehand like everyone's suggestions and then we yeah sort of just had like a, a like organic discussion about it um, some of the of the first names came quite like easily and then later on we started looking at like okay what do we have now and what are we missing and yeah so those are like the two main things i feel like we've been doing yeah this half year yeah i love that you have allowed it to to grow and change that it Often when you co- visit a festival, everything se- seems very square and you think, oh, the organization, the timing and so on. But I love that you have given space to, to make things happen a little bit. 
Um, I was going to ask you if you had a specific focus that you were interested in or focused when you were working to this year. Uh, yeah, so we actually had some uh, like genres uh, split between us. Um, I think that's also one of the things that that sort of like changed a bit because we found it quite difficult to. It's it's just difficult to work with genres because everything is just changing all the time and you know what is electronic what is hip-hop I don't know like everything's just it can be it's very hybrid exactly yeah. it's super hybrid and yeah so I think we do have some different like focuses but still just yeah it it, it it's it's pretty uh, yeah dynamic how it works and I think everyone's been sort of responsible for everything but I think you know if I should say something um, probably not Uh, I don't know too much about like metal and heavy and stuff like that, but I feel like I've been scouting almost everything else. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and um, in terms of um, diversity, is something we've been a little bit interested in here at the radio. We also a community radio, and we try to represent a lot of people and a lot of different concerts. We love generally. I'm Now on day four of the festival, of course, we've experienced that great program that you've made, and we've seen a lot of diversity. But would you like to talk a little bit about it, what you've done, and how you look around, and how you select? Yeah, should I talk about it for the first day's program? Yeah. Um, well, I would love <laughs> to say that it's a super, uh, you know, organized process where we count everything, and but I think it is actually just more yeah dynamic that you you know there was just there were just some very obvious artists to look at this year and then once you had them uh, on the lineup you could I mean we, we we had like a meeting where we yeah where we sort of uh, just talked about what we thought felt like uh, was missing in the lineup, what genres and um, also like diversity in yeah other other ways of looking at diversity. So yeah, um, I think it's definitely something that we thought about a lot, and I think it's also reflected in the in the lineup. Um, but it wasn't like a super strict hmm. organized process. No. In terms of organizing processes and so on, is the and this is maybe a question for 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 you, Nicholas. Um, in the final days and the first days, this kind of concept seems to have changed a little bit before compared to how it was previously. Is there something about breaking down hierarchies and band bands? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like okay. that's that's really that's the message we want to give to the audience, but also to the performing musicians that they shouldn't have the feeling that they are like the support act or like the lower actor than not not their yet act or whatever. Um, so yeah. And sometimes renaming something there's a lot in a name, calling something warm up or small stage or countdown stage or whatever. And so we just decided to call it first days and final days, which is what it is. It's just a matter of uh, a time difference really and not so much the quality of the music so we we're trying to like make the first day's program even better on all aspects which I think you as an audience also experienced a 
think that like the sound on the stages just worked out really really well this year and that's also of course as a product of us putting a lot of resources into making that work yeah thank you we are we are thank you so much for explaining these things for us before we end with you i would like to to ask you for it must be exciting this kind of the programming all the logistics and then you see it happening here at the festival just would you give me one really great experience each of you something you experienced in the festival that you loved like this year yeah sure okay well then i'm gonna be very basic and say rosalia yesterday yeah okay because i finished all my uh, tasks yesterday quite early so i actually went full fangirl and uh, <laughs> waited uh, in line for the pit and had an amazing experience and had a party <laughs> and had a party yeah <laughs> you <deserve it>. <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> if i can please mention two things i just want to say like seeing the first day program in function and yeah. like audience going back and forth and yeah the general straight product uh, stage production there was just like so good to see I really enjoyed seeing also little Nas X and Burner Boy on stage I believe it's like two very important artists on their own stage who are pointing at like new new generations but also new directions for the festival so that also yeah I saw some of the concerts from the first days I wasn't hearing the whole thing but I was very impressed I was like wow this is really a step up this looks fantastic I could see the audience was completely on very big good, audience very good see, yeah. great <laughs> atmosphere it was like very impressive thanks so much for coming both of you been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes, and now we are moving on to a little greeting that we have received from an artist who actually played in the first days. It's uh, Excelsior and she played at the Gaia stage. And um, Anya, will, we will both hear a bit of her own music and we will hear her recommendation for a show that you can hear today, Saturday, at Roskilde Festival. Hi to all the Lake Radio listeners. This is Anya slash Excelsior. I played at the Gaia stage and I want to say thanks to everyone who showed up. It was a really big experience for me to get to play there. Still, and the drift exceeds what. 
My festival recommendation is the Colombian artist Lucretia Dalt, who plays at the festival this Saturday at some point. She's doing this interesting blend between uh, tropical-inspired music with a lot of acoustic instruments and electronic, almost sound design things. And I'm looking really much forward to see how she will transform this blend of styles into a live set. Yeah, that's it. Bye. this audio reading uh, we first heard Excelsior with the song Gold Runs 
and she recommended everybody to go to the Lucretia Dalt show, which is actually in an hour uh, at 2.30 on the Gloria stage. Thank you so much, Anna, for, Anya, for this greeting. And then we have uh, another track. It's by an uh, artist coming tonight. That's Philly Munkasi and it's Delala Nexinka. Kasi here, warm up our little bit tired bodies, our little bit cold festival bodies. Philemon Kasi is from South Africa. They are on the Nike Nike label. It's a third band, as, as I counted on, that's been played here at Roskilde, bringing good vibes. 
and party vibes and it's um, happening tonight it's 1.30 at Gloria stage together in our little lake team we have been uh, jogging our memories from yesterday Um, what we've seen what have been great Um, our technician Rasmus will uh, will recommend below it's a, a, a a story that includes um, a lot of beer, but I have to give him credit, it wasn't blurry, he remembers everything. So Blur was great on the big stage. I saw Liraz from Iran, which played a fabulous and fabulous concert. And uh, we are also going to hear, hear some recommendations, recommendations from some of our fellow Lakers. And let's see who we can get to the table. I think the first recommendation from yesterday's program from our fellow Lakers is Henrik, who is now coming on. He's going to talk a little bit about his experience. So uh, I went to a concert. Um, first, I went actually. First, I went to Rosalia, and uh, that was extremely packed with people. And I was uh, not in the middle, but sort of close to the center, um, front of stage. And I had to like claw my way out of uh, thousands, thousands of people. And then uh, I made it all the way up to uh, Gaia, the Gaia stage. And it was completely empty because everyone was either at Rosalia or at Blur uh, at the Orange stage. Except for maybe 20 people. And the day before, or the, some hours before, uh, William had joked that uh, he, I would be in the front of the audience for this concert, for the Wulu concert. And I actually ended up in the front of the concert. Um, And this was basically me getting back to my uh, sort of experience of going to Roskilde back in the 90s, where you would listen to bands playing, you know, really hard, heavy guitars and noisy punk metal stuff, but with rap on top. And it was basically sort of this vibe of, you know, young Henrik being in a really really rowdy situation and with like really high energy and uh, like just a very good sort of cleansing noisy experience oh it sounds so nice did it live so it lived up to your expectations it actually did it was it was the I think I said something yesterday that it would it would it was the sort of the public enemy and and uh, rage against the machine and sort of the whole promise of of you know rock and rap at the same time but brought into the 2020s so that was that was like it, it was definitely a very good uh, last concert for me yesterday and then we've got uh, also we have another recommendation for yes- yesterday's great program and Esther what did you see and hear yeah well uh, i was supposed to go for um, get to kumbi at the apollo stage but uh, as the line was uh, huge i um, gave up and then actually luckily i popped into the concert with uh, auntie racer at gloria uh, auntie racer is a nigerian rapper uh, from the label nyaga tapes and I was lucky to be there when she got on stage. And I don't remember when I last saw an artist take the room so fast. She was she was just like, let's do this. <laughs> and then she jumped down uh, between the crowd and just ran around. And people were, were just totally into it and singing along. And uh, yeah, she got the crowd to do 
all sorts of things and like for example uh, at one point she was she said put your motherfucking phones in the air and uh, to like to put a light on yeah and um, I I heard some people say I got no more juice on my phone <laughs> <laughs> yeah but she was <laughs> so it was just a really energetic show mm. and she was rapping extremely fast and just yeah I don't know exactly what uh, what but some kind of uh, yeah just really hardcore uh, really nice it just filled filled me up with energy yeah yeah it sounds like a very nice party <laughs> it was <laughs> <laughs> thank yeah. you so much Esther. thank you you're welcome that's it for our recommendations and um i would like to move on because i actually um had the pleasure of meeting up with the singer uh, melody and she played Thursday at a very packed Gloria stage and it was this very special concert I think it has this very intense energy and she had had a really really great connection with the crowd um, and you could um, she was um, very powerful also in the sense that Uh, she was very vocal about her support to the situation in Iran and uh, she was reminding us all to keep fighting for freedom in Iran. So um, I met up with Melody yesterday and we um, had a chat about music and different stuff. Let's hear it. Uh, my name is Melody Grasal. I performed here at Roskilde Festival at the Gloria stage. Yes, and you did this amazing show that everybody at the lake who was there we were very very touched by it thank you <laughs> how was it for you to perform i felt extremely lucky and humbled and like so grateful that so many people came um first of all it was like packed and very hot and it became a little microcosmos thing for me and i just i was able to enjoy it which i was really glad i could that I was present and I could feel the moment and it was so hectic before with the sound and everything as I've heard it is at festivals I, I've just never experienced it like this no time for line shake no time for anything so I was worried that I was gonna you know be in my head or but it was just a lot about togetherness in that room which I truly felt so I was very excited afterwards making this Roskilde festival show was there anything that you thought this is very important for me to do uh, yeah I thought it was very important for me to do it all <laughs> I kind of wanted to include I had like an intro sequence thing with some speak it was my mother's voice and me and we were talking abstractly about like suppression and fleeing your motherland and music being banned and music as a connecting force and stuff like this. I wanted it to become like a little world in a way where you knew like this is what is the baseline here. So that was like important for me also to have the Xinjiang Ozadi um, written in the back. I needed to just do a shout out to the movement also and talk about it and Yeah, that was the most important thing. And then other other than that, I just really, really wanted to have fun. So I'm happy that I could. 
have you somehow felt like you've been part of some sort of movement with your music? So I made a song called Fuck the System, which was initially most like it was about fuck the system that minoritizes me, but also fuck the system that got us here. Like the system in a wider sense, in a way. Mm. But then um, the the uprisings began in September last year, and then the song was released in February, I think. Mm. And then it, of course, kind of got connected to the more like concrete fight for freedom that mm. that was happening right there. It's just been like in demonstrations and stuff in mm. Copenhagen I've been playing it and in that sense it has kind of been taken in and I've seen a lot of like people at my parents age in these demonstrations being like with the finger up and and listening to the song and singing fuck the system and thinking very specifically about the regime in Iran but um, yeah yeah so in a way because I kind of felt like you could feel it yesterday when that song uh, when you played that song the fingers were up even before yeah. you have asked people to do it yeah. because it kind of felt like people already knew that mm. here's an anthem yeah. that is um, something that people connect with and um, are engaged in so that was a really beautiful moment yeah so the music that you presented at Roskilde what sparked the process of like creating this music did you have like certain inspirations or well recently a lot of the newer songs that I played they have been made during the last like six months uh, where I've been doing my bachelor <laughs> at the rhythmic music conservatory where I had to make new songs mm-hmm. and um, my inspiration for that has been a lot of like Euro dance like I've been in my childhood room kind of listening to Eurodance like and soap and Britney Spears and the Eurodance things. And then in the living room, some like Gugush or Nusha Fallen has been playing. And I've I've been like kind of into trance and trance mm. <laughs> uh, in, in the double way. <laughs> Just to get your picture, you were imagining yourself sitting in your childhood home and then being in the sound of the, those different rooms. Why, um, why do you feel like going back to that space? Mm, because that's where the initial musical spark, mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever you would <laughs> want to call it, that's where it originates. <laughs> and also there's a lot to explore from there. And also I think that You know, like musical taste is all about what you've been listening to in your childhood home. I feel like you can always expand, but like what you really feel connected to is is just so arbitrary. It's just what's been playing in the house, right? Yeah. Like, and and yeah, and that's just what speaks to my heart in a way. So that's what I want to make. If it's okay with you, I'm jumping back to the concert because you had a very special surprise. Could you tell a little bit about yeah, how your collaboration with Buhan Why did that happen and how did that happen? Um, Buhan wrote me uh, some months ago on Instagram that he had been listening to this song that I've, I, I have released last year called Motivational Quote and that he enjoyed it a lot. And I was like, uh, hello, I am a big fan. And um, 
he's like I just think that he means a lot to like me and my mom and like he was the first like non white commercial success in Denmark he and outlandish so they kind of they kind of mean a lot because they were like accepted by like the broader Danish like audience but being not Danish or like having another ethnicity yeah. and um, yeah so I'm just uh, like I was very um, happy that he wrote me and I just asked him if he wanted to go to the studio and he was like yeah maybe you have something that I can sing on and I was like uh, I do now <laughs> and then um, yeah we just did this song and and he's just very supportive and I just feel like we connect a lot actually um, just since in terms of who, who we are, like personally kind of you, you could you could for sure see that on the stage uh, yesterday as well that you had a really nice chemistry mm-hmm. all right well thank you very much yeah thank you so much to melody Casal, and i think that we should hear her track fuck the system
Thank you to Melody Gassan for that very motivating interview. It's great to hear how music transcend, transcends borders and cultures, and I think she embodies that. And it's also something we've seen at Roskilde Festival this year, I think. We have some recommendations now for today's lineup. We've got the Iranian Temp Illusion, which we heard yesterday live on Lake Daily. And they're playing today at Gloria at quarter past ten. Then we have Fulum Mitsiki from DRC, Congo. And that is at Ia stage at one o'clock. That means it's happening right now. They've got a fantastic lineup where they use a lot of trash materials to build the costumes and possibly the instruments too, I think. Yeah, also the instruments. Also the instruments. Yeah. So that's going to be a, somebody's having a great experience watching Fulumitsiki right now. If you need to restore your belief in humanity, I think Waste Blood is for you. It's at uh, four o'clock at Avalon and it, that's kind of vocal, vocal work in the tradition of Joni Mitchell and folk and it's just very human and warm. Lastly, we have a recommendation for Charlotte Adigiri and Bolis Pupul from Belgium and that's an electro-creative anti-patriarchy party. So that's 10 o'clock at EOS stage. Actually, I would like to squeeze the very last recommendation in because um, tonight at nine o'clock at the platform stage, you can experience Clarissa Cornelis uh, canon performance. And she actually already did this performance uh, two times previous on the festival. And uh, I was there yesterday and saw it and it was such a soothing, warm and calm experience. Um, she will bring this uh, group of women and they are standing most of the time in a circle singing together and doing these kind of ritual dances or movements and it kind of has this very warm folklore vibe to it and I actually met Clarissa uh, briefly yesterday and we had a talk about um, this project and she said that she is trying to explore the theme of community within this project and I think that platform is a really nice stage to experience this uh, community feeling or communal feeling because uh, this stage you can sit as an audience all around uh, the performance so this feeling of being in a circle together is uh, very much uh, stated in this performance and uh, a little uh, reveal so close your ears if you don't want to <laughs> hear it but uh, you will, uh, the show will end up with a good old uh, communal singing together and that is also why I would uh, definitely uh, recommend you to come to platform at nine o'clock and be together with other people and see this performance. And we're gonna hear Chuck. Oh yeah, the we're gonna hills are crying. Yeah. <laughs> the hills are crying. The hills are crying. In out your name, they out your name. 
Clarice Connolly here, and we're going to have a little um, dialogue here between us Lakers about community. Community is one of the important themes of the festival. I think um, community is uh, something we see demonstrated in a lot of the musical performances. Community is maybe something that it's easier to experience than to describe, but we'll we'll try to have a conversation about it with uh, me, Louise. Henrik and Esther, and uh, should we start talking about maybe the, our musical experiences and the community? Yeah, I could start uh, because I think that this uh, actually this performance with Clarissa Connelly and her thoughts on the communal aspects got me to think about like this special. Um, I mean, being at Roskilde, you. I think that one of the things that feels really communal here is that you kind of have this very like heartfelt experiences because this way that we all the time like uh, transfer energies to each other and for example when I was sitting to you know when I was standing to the Melody Casal um, concert <laughs> Ingrid uh, was like almost crying next to me and I started to cry just because I felt it all so strongly and I could feel like how Melody felt the vibes from the audience and she gave it back and I think like to have those kind of experiences together being in the same space 
I mean, it's a cliche, but I think that's important for a communal feeling. Yeah. Maybe I can continue on that, and I think that that power, like that effective power of music, is actually why it is super important that music programs like Russ Kildes and like what we're doing at the lake is not just representative but like being very diverse that you have a lot of different emotions and a lot of different sort of identities that you can reflect either like in yourself or with other people that you because it it like it's i mean it's political that the way that we use music is basically how part of how we build who we are as human beings um so i think that 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 is a power that shouldn't be handled lightly so to speak Um, and I think that's why it's so important to go to places like Roskilde where you can sort of you can experience so many aspects of how, what it means to be human from like all over the planet and sort of almost like redesign yourself a little bit by like listening to something experiencing with with people that you might not even know but you know you're having the same experience and that sort of you have all these sort of micro macrocosm microcosm community sort of You have a, a small group of friends that you might sort of identify mm. with, but you also see yourself as part of a, a bigger picture. I think that that is sort of like a bit transformative of uh, a, a, a part of going to a festival like this. Yeah, sure. I think also that Roskilde this year, I have had a little bit of a gap in my Roskilde experience. It's been a few years since I've been here, and I think that the programming had been really diverse and very inclusive been a great tour of like many sort of styles, genres, all kinds of people, um, very a huge variation and I think I agree with you Henrik, I feel like for a moment I felt, you know, I went to the Carpe concert and there was a couple of sort of dudes also shedding a little tear in front of me and I was like quite touched and I, <laughs> I enjoyed, I could sort of tap into this sort of uh, Norwegian uh, community for a moment and feel a lot of excitement and emotion from them. And yeah, I, I also became a little bit Norwegian by going to that concert. And then shortly after we became a little bit Iranian, I think at least I did when I went to the Liras concert and, and also the Temple Illusion that we have here tonight might be some of the same. It's a it's a, a troubled country and there's a struggle going on and um, for a moment we remember that and we feel that. I yeah I, I totally agree with you um, on these topics and I think I I don't know if it's um, a new thing but it seems like people take more care of each other this year or at least the, the last couple of years it's really um, it seems like there is more space for for everyone and it's all that also it's it's all right to be on the festival in in different ways it's not you don't you don't have to get really drunk every night you can we you can be straight and or like uh, clean and go to and have a great festival and it, nobody thinks it's weird you know what i mean yeah i felt it it was not that intense mm. as it sometimes is yeah yeah and also uh, louise we were talking about the other day like um how crazy it is to think about um how much um, uh, trust this 
festival is built on. Like everybody trusts e- each other, and that everyone wants the best to to each other. Yeah. Mm. It's also there's a number of festivals that are very commercial, and I think uh, Roskilde in this way having like 30,000 volunteers is like really bringing something else to the table in that respect as well. It's it's 50 years of more than 50 years of work. It's like a huge effort in that respect and I think it gives it something it gives it a lot of values of community and and respect and care as well and I, I agree. I feel like this the being a little bit more diverse and being a bit more caring is uh, It's hopefully a way forward here. I feel like it's it's coming on. It's some a process. Maybe to to end up, we can talk a little bit visually about like our experience as a lake community because we are a community radio built by uh, by a community of people uh, building it. And I think just showing up here, a group of people sitting up our little outdoor studio and and experiencing this together has also been a part of my sort of why this festival has been been like really really nice and uh, and and interesting to to experience it, uh, it with you guys as well yeah definitely for sure yeah and we'll be back next year yes. with um yeah covering you with the live festival radio covering all the hidden parts of the program but also the headliners we think should be mentioned yeah and loads of good music yeah and remember when you get the rascal the blues tomorrow you can always go and find the radio shows that we did here on Roskilde as podcasts everywhere where you listen to your podcasts so i think should we wrap up for this year we are wrapping up for this year our final final talk and thank you so much final program We have also um, a Spotify playlist that you can go and find through the Lake Radio. Mm. And uh, in the show notes, there's some information about our our um, podcast here from Lake Daily. So a big thank you to all the Lakers and our small gang here at the festival. And uh, thank you to Roskilde Festival for existing. <laughs>